When I moved back to Amherst, Nova Scotia after 15 years away, something had changed. Like many other towns, our local businesses and business people have been overwhelmed by large corporations and monopolies. This hurt the spirit of our communities. We lost our autonomy, our self-reliance, and our hope. So join me as I learn more about where we are now, how we got here, and what we can do to take back our communities. I'm Andrew Cameron, and Monopolies Killed My Hometown. Welcome to episode 20 of Monopolies Killed My Hometown. I'm Andrew Cameron. In this episode, I want to talk about banks, banking, some finance, and their impact on communities. And I want to do this one because if you've been following in the news, you've probably heard about Silicon Valley Bank run and bank collapse and First Signature Bank and Credit Suisse. And there's been a number of different, we'll say, issues with banks around the world. And so that got me thinking about the Canadian banking system. And then I came across an article in The Globe arguing that our consolidated banking system in Canada is actually good and it is going to prevent bank runs here. And I thought, eh, I don't know about that. And then that paired up with the Royal Bank of Canada proposing to buy the Canadian assets of HSBC. And so I thought, you know what, I kind of want to talk about banking and sort of explore what my thoughts are on it at this point. And so with banking, there is a lot of discussion now about open banking, fintechs and Canadian fintechs. And I also know that a lot of personal banking has moved online, right? So for me, most of my personal banking is done by phone, online, or even remotely. I very rarely need to go to a branch. And we do a fair amount of our banking with Tangerine, which is an online bank owned by Scotiabank, but it's still only an online bank. So my first thought about banking is that they're really part of the infrastructure of a healthy community. Right, I think banks, post offices, telecoms, phone lines, internet, transportation, you know, railroads, highways, buses, airports, shipping. They're all part of the infrastructure that lets a community thrive and the communities thrive on top of this because it lets communities and the business communities connect to the larger world. And so the first thought I have is that these should be supporting businesses for retail manufacturing service because it's the retail, it's manufacturing, it's the service businesses that really drive innovation in our economy forward. And I think in Canada, we've become flipped that the banks, the telecoms, transportation are our largest businesses when I think they should actually be the supporting businesses. So that's sort of the first concept that I have for when I think through banking. And so I remember reading an article last year about Bank of Nova Scotia closing their branch on Grand Manan. And so Grand Manan's a small island in the Bay of Fundy. And to get on and off the island, you have to take a ferry. And I know before that we do much of our transactions with cards or EMTs, wires, and a lot of it's done digitally. But sometimes you still need cash, and sometimes you still need to see someone in person. And without a bank, a community has lost a key part of their infrastructure. And it's not as big of an impact on the personal banking side, but I think for the business community, losing that local bank and that local connection has a huge impact on the business community. Because I think businesses are all the same, but they're all slightly different. There's different nuances to every single industry. There's different nuances depending on where you are. I think lobster fishers on Graham and Ann have a similar business to the lobster fishers out of Yarmouth, but there's a slight nuance that needs to be understood. If you're not familiar with small business banking, usually for a small business, like at one of the large banks, you're usually assigned a relationship manager. You know, if you have any questions or need any help, they are the one you're supposed to talk to. And so from what I've seen, we've been in business for 13 years and we seems like we get a new relationship manager every other year, if not every year. 
So I see that the small business banker seems to be an entry point for somebody into the business side of the bank, and that this position seems to be just a stepping stone in a banker's career. And like I said, we seem to have a new advisor every year, every 18 months at the most. And for me, I see in business, I want to develop a relationship with a person, not necessarily somebody at the bank, but the person's always being switched. And it's a real pain for me to go in and move all my business banking from one bank to a different one. So I just don't. And that relationship and nuance needs to be developed and needs to be learned. I always think about the story my father-in-law told me. He was a dairy farmer in New Brunswick for the first portion of his career. And so he took over the family farm in the 70s, and then he sold all the cows around 2000. And so the family farm is about 45 minutes outside Fredericton and 20 minutes or so from Harvey, New Brunswick. There is a Royal Bank branch in Harvey, and my father-in-law used to do his small business banking in that branch. Then all the small business services were consolidated into the Fredericton branch for efficiency reasons. When his business was moved into Fredericton, he would have to go in and explain the dairy business to every new account manager that he was assigned. Like I said before, the dairy business is similar to other businesses, but it has its own nuances, right? So for example, you have a calf born in year one, they're not gonna start producing milk until year two, but you have to feed, house, look after, you have the vet bills, you have all the expenses for the first year of their life, but no milk, no revenue, you're not gonna get that until year two. So if you go into the bank to look at financing or loans or anything, and the bank wants you know a one-year projection, things aren't gonna look good because you have all the expenses but no milk. And that's the nature of the business. So my father-in-law would need to teach every new small business advisor that came through this, this concept that this is how it worked. And so some of them got it, but my father-in-law talks about one banker that just couldn't understand this concept, right? He just wasn't able to grasp it. But in my mind, if that person was in the branch in Harvey, because Harvey's central to a lot of farming communities, you know, they would have had to understand how farming communities worked and how dairy farms worked. They would have to have that expertise. That expertise and the understanding of the nuances lost to the local business community when we lose local banking connections and local banking decisions. Because this happened even for ourselves. When we started our real estate business in Yarmouth, Yarmouth is about three and a half hours from Halifax. We'd apply for mortgages to build our apartments and the application would get sent into Halifax or to Toronto. And so the underwriters would look at where we were and have a lot of questions about the community. And they'd want to know if there was actual demand for apartments in Yarmouth. So the people making the loan decision didn't have an understanding of the community or the local market. There was a lot of demand. We just always had to try to convince people outside the community that there was. If there was more of a local or regional decision making for loans and financing, I think it would increase access to capital for businesses and help strengthen our business communities. Right, Like I said before, you know, all businesses are the same, but they all have their own twists, nuances, and differences. These things can come from, you know, the individuals running the businesses, the industry, or even just the community it operates in. This gets me back to Grand Manan, because Grand Manan is a fishing community. And I don't know the exact financing or cash flow requirements of a fishing business. I just know that it's different than what I need for my real estate business or somebody needs for a retail store. The difference for a fisher of Grand Manan is going to be different than somebody from PEI, from Victoria, from Yarmouth, from Cape Breton. They're all going to be different. One other thing I want to pause and highlight again is Scotiabank announced a net income of $1.73 billion for Q4 in 2022. I think they could afford to keep that branch open. What I really want to see is more banking brought back into the communities. You know, I don't want to go back to the days of the branch manager living above the bank. 
The times when one or two local people could make loan decisions was not ideal either. That put too much power in one person's hands. But I think we've now gone too far in the other direction where banking decisions are more or less removed completely from communities. Except for credit unions. And so we do most of our operating business with credit union in Yarmouth and credit union in Amherst. These organizations are heavily involved in the community. And for us, there's been consistency in the staff people we deal with. We've been able to develop and keep a relationship with them. They understand our business and we understand them. This isn't to say we get special treatment, but I don't have to go in and explain my business to a new account manager every year or two. The challenge I see with credit unions right now is they're starting to consolidate to be able to compete in the financial industry. And so I think credit unions can be a part of the solution in bringing banking back to the communities. But I worry that when they have to consolidate, it's the exact opposite of what I want to see happen. And I think this is happening because the larger banks are consolidating and have a dominant position. Paired up with that is I also think the number of small businesses have decreased. And so the potential customers for the credit unions have also decreased, which is creating sort of a negative downward spiral, which requires them to merge. But even credit unions aren't going to solve the whole problem of bringing the banking infrastructure back to communities. You know, there are some communities that are too small or too remote to have a credit union branch. In the last episode, I talked about how provinces and municipalities can act in an anti-monopoly way. The federal government can too, and banking is a prime example. The federal government could create, with Canada Post, a postal bank. You know, this is a simple, straightforward bank that operates out of post office branches. And I know TD has partnered up with Canada Post to offer some loans, so maybe this is the start. I just would like to see it done without any of the big financial institutions. When we lived in Japan for three and a half years, we had a savings account at the Postal Bank. And Japan is a nationwide banking system connected to the post offices. And so there were post offices all over the country, small communities had a post office, and that gave those communities access to the banking system. For us, it was also great traveling. We always knew there was a postal bank we could access our money at. And this is something I really would like to see in Canada. It can be a simple bank, checking and savings accounts, GICs, business accounts, and business or personal loans. I mean, we have post offices all over the country. We, we could use those, right? And the federal government could offer higher deposit guarantees in postal banks compared to other financial institutions. We could use it to administer programs like the CBA loans or the CERB. It would bring other competition into the system. And I wouldn't see it wanting to offer everything that the private sector bank did, but it could offer more focused products that hopefully would bring more competition back into the local communities. And my hope with it is it would then encourage the large banks to start looking at our small communities again and needing to come back and compete and try to maintain and keep business at the local level. And I think the federal government can bring that competition by bringing in a postal bank. So that's my hope. I'd love to see a postal bank implemented in Canada. There's some other research and reports done on the effectiveness of a postal bank, so I'll put some links in the show notes. And again, as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review or a rating. In the next episode, we're going to revisit the price spreads report. And this time we're going to look at the effect of monopolies and consolidation on industry. So take care, everyone. We'll talk to you later. What are you doing in a small town after the movie shows through? A few powerful companies. Main Street is struggling. 
killed my hometown.